whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars. All right, away we go. Vegas Hockey Hotline. This will officially get us to the weekend. You fired up, man? I am. Oh, I can't wait for the gifts today. One of my favorites. Well, I'm fired up for that, but I'm fired, I'm fired up for the weekend. Uh, the, the, oh, I mean, football, uh, golf, NASCAR, recliner, fridge. I go, I go one baseball, step Baseball, recliner, fridge. <laughs> You do several Bills, steps Dolphins, to the fridge. recliner fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I need it. Is the fridge ready? Is the recliner ready? Oh, the fridge is fridge is always ready. Okay. The recliner, I'm putting a dent in. And taking a beating? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's what it is. All right, Brian Wilson, Stevie Slapshot. We're jacked. As Stevie mentioned, we got a great guest today. Mike Harrington joined us from the Buffalo News. Let me take care of a couple of things here. Don't forget, Terrible Herps now. They did the $1,000 VGK game day giveaway. Sunday, Raiders playing at Pittsburgh. $1,000 Raiders. Game day giveaway. Game day giveaway. So, don't forget, Sunday morning, scoot around, get to a Terribles. You never know. If you have a good thing going, don't change the name. Keep keep the same name. That way no one well, gets You haven't confused. won anything. What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> you, you've been trying. I know. I know. It's fine. So, go go spin that wheel because I'm not going to take it. So, go get and, it yourself. And our buddy Larry over at uh, John Smith Subs. It's Friday, spelled F-R-Y. Well done. And don't forget, you wear football garb in there on Thursday nights and Mondays. Thursdays and Mondays, you get uh, 20% off the order. All right, good food. 9701 West for me. All right, let's not waste time, man. This is uh, one of our favorite guests. He's a busy guy. We got the Golden... Knights rookies in Arizona playing the Coyotes tonight. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to be keeping very close tabs on that. Our buddy Mike Harrington is going to a rookie prospects game back in Buffalo. You ready to rock and roll? Are you ready for 82 games, Mr. Harrington? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at September 17th, and the Sabres' last game is April 29th. I'm not planning on any past that, but that's how long a grind <laughs> it's going to be in an Olympic year. So let's get it cranked up and going. I, You know, this, the, the Buffalo in us, the self-deprecating and humor and the realism, you know, you got to run that way. I mean, to the point where it sounds to me like, Mike, with confidence, um, you would be booking a non-refundable cruise on May 3rd. <laughs> well, you know what, Brian? I think it's pretty obvious, but at the same time, I don't look at it as a total criticism of them from the standpoint not of... Not this time around. You look at that You look at that division, which team are you knocking out? The Montreal Canadiens went to the Stanley Cup final last year and beat the Vegas Golden Knights in the final four, and I don't think the Montreal Canadiens are making the playoffs this year in the Atlantic Division when you look at Tampa Bay, Florida, Boston, and Toronto, which team of those four isn't making it? So you're looking at this year a team like the Sabres and a team like Ottawa and Detroit in this division. How much can they develop individually and as a team because their chances of making the playoffs, which is the goal for good teams, is pretty nil. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And listen, from a mindset perspective, the the rookie camp, we're really excited here. Okay, let's see what Krebs has to offer. I think we've all got him penciled in. I think a kid like Caden Korzak 
is a lot closer than maybe a lot of people are thinking. I think he has maybe even a chance to come in as a seventh defenseman. In Buffalo, it's a completely different animal because their whole world are prospects and starting to build through youth. So this rookie camp you're going to be watching, uh, there could be an army of these kids playing tonight are actually on the team. Well, yeah, and Brian, also, you better make sure you get me good notes on Peyton Krebs when he comes to Buffalo in the Eichel trade, right? I mean, oh, there's one. I'm, <laughs> there's one I'm throwing out there already. People but, you know. just drove off the road. I, I, you know, my, yeah, I was going to say. Well, I do this every day, and we've been doing this for months. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I mean, the bottom line is, yeah, any discussion, any discussion starts with Krebs. And, you know, a first-round pick from the Golden Knights means nothing to Buffalo. They want youth. They want an established NHL player. And, okay, you went for it. I mean, the Pandora's box. Now we're hearing, you know, a lot of these teams. Is there? Do you believe, Mike, an, a, another mini deadline, let's call it that, with camps about to open and teams, the Flames, the Kings, the Ducks, the Wild, whatever the Golden Knights are thinking in this regard, do you think there's another mini deadline that Pat Brisson possibly could push something over the top here in the next 10 days? Well, there's two things going on with the Sabres right now. The first thing, like you said, their prospect camp opens. They're playing the Devils tonight. They're going to see how some of their young players look. Luka Pekalukin in goal, Jack Quinn, their number one pick last year, J.J. Paterka, their number two pick. That's the first thing. The second thing going on is all the intrigue around the opening of camp next week. Does Eichel show up to take his physical? We assume he fails his physical. Can they work a deal for a player who obviously needs shoulder surgery? I think it's going to be a big distraction at the start of camp. And I think their hope, and it's probably not unrealistic, their hope is it kind of goes away. You know, the first couple days, everybody gets asked about Eichel. Eichel can't be on the ice. He fails his physical. So he's not there and can't moves on. Can Pat Brisson help broker a deal here? I don't know, Brian. What? What? I've said this multiple times. I've written it. What GM can go to his owner right now and trade for a $50 million player, which is what Jack Eichel's owed, who they don't know when he's going to be able to play and how good he's going to be because he needs neck surgery. So I just don't know where this goes right now and, and it's it's stuck like it's been stuck since may and june and here we are in the middle of september and the fact that jack eichel has a new agent is the only thing different the sabers haven't changed their stance the player hasn't changed his stance what's going to change here what team is trading for jack eichel right now i everything you say is spot on and the one thing i would just throw out there From a Golden Knights perspective, because they can't help themselves, they're always right. in. They're always in on the marlin. You know, I mean, they're not out there looking for a trout. I mean, they're always big, deep sea fishing. But right the, now, he's a guppy. He can't even get on the ice. And well played. But the one thing I would say, <laughs> and I don't know when, when, or, you know, when or if this ever happened. But on top of the fact the Golden Knights can't help them, there's an intangible that we don't know for a fact. But believe me, Foley got talked into moving Flurry, And right. part of that, I'm just speculating, but part of that would be they sold to him, we have to do this and you'll be happy we did because as a result of it, X is going to happen. That, that's the little cherry on top of the Sunday that makes me think Vegas continues to swirl around on this. Well, you look at teams that are going to be interested are teams that 
feel, number one, they have a need and are desperate to fill that need. Do the Vegas Golden Knights have a need for a number one center? I would say so. Do the Vegas Golden Knights think they're close to a Stanley Cup? I would say so. Um, there's not many teams that fit the profile like that for a guy like Jack Eichel. There are other teams who you hear who are interested. Sure, you hear all oh, Calgary, Los Angeles. They're not close to winning the Stanley Cup. And, Mike, the other thing, yeah. you know what? Vegas has the – honestly, you can disagree with this, Stevie, but okay. Vegas, Vegas has the luxury of time. They're in the Pacific Division. Yeah, yeah. There'll be an investigation if they're not in the playoffs, Correct. right? So they have the luxury of time. If an Anaheim, right. if an Anaheim was good, you, you need him from day one. Calgary, it, they need him from day one. Um, you know, so Vegas can buy time and let whatever plays out. First of all, the big thing, Mike, the surgery. Imminent is a word we keep hearing. What, what, what do you make of this? And, and when they say well, surgery, what surgery? Well, that's the issue. At some point, you might get an email from the Sabres, Jack Eichel had neck surgery. And the question is going to be what surgery, because just to refresh for people listening, Jack Eichel has a herniated disc in his neck. The Sabres medical staff has recommended he have a standard fusion surgery to fix it. Jack Eichel wants to have artificial disc replacement surgery, which has never been performed on an NHL player. It's only been done on some college hockey players, but it's been largely done on you know, UFC fighters and rugby players. So the Sabres don't give him permission to have such surgery, and I don't think many other teams would either. And under the CBA, the player has to follow the medical advice of the team, and the medical advice of the team is to have the fusion surgery, and that's why they're stuck. And that's why Jack Eichel didn't have surgery in the spring when he knew he had a neck problem and didn't have surgery in the summer. And now we're in the middle of September, and he still hasn't had surgery. And the one thing about the timetable, it's kind of crunching on Jack Eichel now, not so much on the team, because he wants to be able to play hockey for the Olympics. Yeah, He would be a key Team USA guy. He has not been in the Olympics before. And he wants to be ready to play, but it's September, and that's going to be very dicey, especially if he gets the fusion surgery the team wants. So that's another factor here pushing some of the time frame. Quite the soap opera, huh? It's never dull around the Buffalo Sabres. Think about this. For a team that never makes the playoffs, which this year will set the NHL record for the most consecutive playoff misses at 11. They never lack for drama. Fired coaches, fired GMs, players demanding trades. Uh, Front you know, office. Ryan O'Reilly. LaFontaine. office disasters. The Ryan O'Reilly trade where they became the only team in history to trade a guy who won the Smythe Trophy the next year. They traded him. For a 20-goal scorer, Patrick Berglund was among the package. And what did Patrick Berglund do three months after he got to Buffalo? He took his sticks and pucks and went home to Sweden and said, forget about my money, I quit. So these are the kind of things that happen to the Buffalo Sabres over and over again that you don't see in other places. And, you know, I, I do feel bad for players like Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhardt. Think of the number of coaches they've played under, the number of GMs they've had. And now Kevin Adams and Don Granato are the latest ones to get the kick at the can here. And We'll have to see how they do, but uh, it, it just hasn't worked. There's been impatience. There's been poor decisions, poor drafting, bad trades, bad goaltending, you know, injuries. And, you know, I mean, all you guys got to do, ask Robin Leonard about his time in Buffalo. There was no reason that team was as bad as it was. Leonard was hurt. Leonard had personal problems. The management was poor. Uh, player, you know, medical staff. There were problems when Leonard played here. He documented that podcast recently, and those people in the medical department were fired and have been fired for that. 
So a lot of stuff goes on in Buffalo that just doesn't seem to happen in other places. All right, my two cents. I, I thought all along, you know, they don't. Here's the one thing. They don't have to trade him. And I listen, he wants out of there, though, nope. that bad. Don't be worried about his no-move clause next year. You know, I'm, the, the, you can, they cannot lose this deal. So I think they, they drag this out. And at some point, if there are no takers and the season starts, Mike, maybe, maybe they acquiesce and let him have the disc replacement surgery and see how it pans out. Get him back on the ice, and then the price of poker goes back up. I, I don't know, or or someone st- steps in and does it. But anybody that's trading him for him now, Mike, they've got to let him say, "Okay, we've done our research. You're coming. You can have the disc replacement surgery because you're not paying some guy ten million a year for five mil- uh, for five more years to come in and pout every day." Well, Brian, you know, I wrote a column recently in the Buffalo News saying exactly that point, that, hey, Savers, you're right. The CBA has your back. I don't like backing teams in these issues, but they're right. But maybe it's time to just let him have the surgery so you can trade him and tell him you got to come back and play for a month. You want out of here, we'll get you out of here. I do think the Savers – I think the Savers are getting some pressure from other teams, other GMs, maybe even from the league to say, hey, you're right. CBA backs you. The players agreed to this extension. You know, it's now 14 months ago. And we don't want you to give in to this player to set a bad precedent for other players on other teams. Because there really hasn't been another case like this. And this is a real test of the CBA. And it's noteworthy that Jack Eichel and his team, whatever agents he had before, now they haven't filed a grievance. They haven't gone to arbitration on this issue like they could because I think they know they'll lose. The CBA is not in the players' favor here. So I think there's pressure on the Sabres to not give in, even though, as I wrote, that might not be a bad idea, like you said, too. They've proven their point. They're not really getting a lot of heat from fans here. I think the fans understand the issue pretty well in Buffalo. The Sabres are right on this one. But it's complicated for them to just say, okay, you can go have the surgery now. There's a lot of other teams watching this case. Going, hey, Buffalo Sabres, uh, 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 do not give in to this player on this one. And one last thing on him. Brisson, he changes agents. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, like, okay, Alan Walsh today tweeting again, flurry, uh, you know, be sticking it one year to time. I mean, this guy's always playing angles. Okay, agents representing a player, and that's his job, good cop, bad cop. But the change of agents, what was your ultimate read on Eichel making that move shortly after Fish and his team said the process isn't working. Was there a falling out with his agents, or did he go to Brisson on the premise that he believes somehow this particular agent can expedite something to actually get done? Yeah, there was. The, 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 keep in mind the statement, which was a foolish statement, that was pushed by Jack and his parents. They made the agent issue that statement. That wasn't done in a vacuum by Peter Fish and Peter Dottatelli. They were following instructions of the client and the client's family. Um, ill-timed, ill-advised, didn't work. So, And I think Jack just decided he wanted to go another direction. You bring in Pat Brisson, you know, for people who follow baseball, that's the equivalent of bringing in Scott Boris. That's the number one agent with the biggest-name clients in the league. And I think the theory is that maybe Jack 
has outgrown Peter Fish a little. Peter Fish is a Boston guy who's known Jack since his youth days. And Jack's now a multimillionaire who needs a multimillionaire multimillionaire agent, a multimillionaire agency, which is what CAA Sports is out in Hollywood. Prasan has a lot of big names in the game, and I think Jack felt maybe he could help broker more of a deal here, and I think that's why he made the move. What? what how do I word this, Mike? Are, it's getting to a point now for me that I would think that the agent and Eichel would want to apply whatever pressure they possibly can on the Sabres because time's running out for them. In other words, if he gets the disc replacement and that doesn't work, and that, and that should be in the back of his mind, I would think, if that doesn't sure. work, then he's got to opt for the other surgery and recover from that to be able to play hockey. And again, hopefully for him in time for the Olympics, if nothing else. But it, it feels to me like time is running out a little bit here on these guys. It is. I, I think the Sabres are like, hey, training camp is starting. We're forming our roster. We're going to see our prospects. The Sabres are fine. And, you know, they could pay Jack Eichel's salary, help him get to the floor. They don't need to put him on LTIR. They're not close to the cap. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I thought of this. What if he reports for his physical and he's going to fail his physical next week, right? And what do the Sabres do? What if the Sabres say, okay, Jack, you failed your physical. You need to have fusion surgery now to fix your neck. And Jack says, I'm not going to have fusion surgery. I, and the Sabres say, oh, you refuse to have fusion surgery? Okay, you're suspended now without pay for breaching your contract and not following our medical advice. Right, he won't. That could get really ugly. Yeah, well, he won't do that. I, we, 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 I mean, I've, I feel, feel pretty safe in saying he, he's not going to do something that's going to cost him his salary. Hey, Mike. Well, is, but go ahead. But I mean, what if he, what if he just says, "I'm not having the surgery," and the Sabers take the hard line approach? It could happen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Why? That's a tough. That, I got uh, that's the, a the, tough the, decision. But you know, the, the problem is. You know, and, and Mike alludes to it, like you said, that the, the people of Buffalo, or the fans, are understanding of this. They already watched the O'Reilly thing blow up in their face. Bottrell played a hand of poker and lost on the Evander Kane trade. They cannot let this guy go around and terrorize the league for the next decade, Mike, and not get half no. a team back for him. Right. It has to be. It has to be the equivalent of... The Eric Lindros trade, that kind of deal, where you get four and five real pieces. You know, and everybody says, the funny part is how every team and every fan base protects their prospects. Vegas, well, we're not trading Peyton Krebs, you know, the Rangers. Well, the guy sitting next to me is in that boat. (laughs) It's it's not in the other stuff. See, the, the see, Mike, you, you, Capocacco, you know, you can't trade them. And Minnesota's like, oh, the oh Ra- you can't trade um, Marco so Rossi. The, the Ranger fans. In L.A., come on. Look, yes, exactly. I mean, if you're going to get this guy <laughs> and you're going to take the risk, and if it blows up in your face, then it blows up in your face. But if you're going to do it, and if, say it's the Golden Knight, I mean, if I'm the Sabres, seriously, I'm asking for Krebs. I, I think a guy they could... I'd be you'd ask for Theodore. That ain't happening. But I'd be asking for Krebs, White Cloud, a first White round Cloud. pick, Korzak. Right. I mean, though, I mean, it's, you have to give up something to get something. I mean, See, and but, every, but everybody talks right? about these prospects like they're established home runs. Right. It's the nature of the sport. In baseball, teams freely trade their top prospects all the time. We covered the Blue Jays here this year. They traded. 
two of their top prospects to Minnesota for Jose Brios to get a starting pitcher. And everybody wasn't really up in arms. Simeon Wood Richardson and Austin Martin got traded. That's what you do with your prospects. In hockey, the teams and the fan bases seem to protect them more. The teams do because you build some of your team on top prospects who are only making nine hundred twenty-five grand for three years in their entry-level deals. So that's why these teams protect their prospects like they're gold in hockey. But there has been this weird obsession of fans over prospects in hockey in recent years, the growth of the Internet, people following prospects. And, you know, Ted Nolan, the former coach in Buffalo, always had a great phrase. You know, prospects just become suspects a lot of times. You know, you know. But here, here's the funny thing. This is for you specifically, Mike. And Mike will laugh when I say this. I'm, I don't think I'm taking a risk here. How many of these guys, How many of these prospects are Hudson fashing? Yeah, you never know. You never know. There are guys. Look, look on any website and look at previous drafts. How many guys in the first round of the draft have nondescript NHL careers? The, the NHL draft is not anywhere near the sure thing that the NFL draft no. is or the top ten in baseball has become. And it's partly because you have foreign players and just a lot of different factors. So when you're outside the top four or five of the draft, anything can happen. And to, I guess my point to try. protecting these guys like they're gold. I know. It's crazy to it, me. If you can get an established NHL guy, you do it. And, I, and I'm just to make a comparison to people around here would get, and I'm looking right at you when I say this. Yeah. And, and I, Krebs could be phenomenal. I mean, the whole period it's is. Not just, okay, no, but, you but, keep focusing on Krebs. Well, you, keep, you ju- keep saying yeah. you wouldn't He's trade, not, you would not uh, trade Peyton Krebs yeah, or Jack the Eichel. The You're insane. He doesn't listen to me. You're insane. But, he but doesn't the, listen, But the, the point is. That literally, <laughs> at the time they were the same age and the deal was made, this kid Hudson Fashing who came to Buffalo from the Kings, I'm telling you, if you looked at him, you'd say, that kid is Alex Tuck. And Alex Tuck turned into Alex Tuck. Hudson Fashing turned into an ECHL player. That's what prospects yeah. are, Mike. And, and Stevie, you are insane. If, if you if you could get a healthy Jack Eichel for No, Peyton, that's, so that's the point, Mike. He's not healthy. <laughs> This guy, I, I, for the, it's extremely possible he won't be able to look around the corner for the rest of his life, and I'm going, and I'm going to give up my team to get him. Are you kidding me? Now, if you want well, to give me McDavid for Krebs, Krebs, I'm in. Right now, you're not giving up your team if you give up Peyton Krebs. What what impact did Peyton Krebs have on the Golden Knights no, coming no, no. within two games of the Cup final last year? None. So, so, so you guys keep talking about defensemen. I'm, I'm. That's fine with me. If you want, again, I don't want Eichel because I'm concerned about this injury. You're giving up too much that's to get really, a, to get right. a guy who's injured, and, and then you're going to pay him ten million dollars a year. A guy who's injured. That's what I'm concerned and, about. And that's here. and that's hey, Brian, that's reasonable. Stevie is. Stevie is acting like most NHL owners right now, and that's why I think it's going to be virtually impossible for the Sabres yep. to trade Jack Eichel there you go. until he's until he's back on the ice playing. Because I think a lot of teams are going to want to make a move and give up a lot for Jack Eichel when he's Jack Eichel again, and right now he's just not. And this is a discussion we had all summer, but I, I think to Mike's point, and I thought this would be ultimately what happened, unless somehow someone says, we're doing this. We we've, we've done our research on our end. That surgery will work. We're pulling the trigger and making the deal. If the Sabers get generate a bidding war and someone does it, so be it. Other than that, Adams drew a line in the sand. 
And at some point, they have got to let him have this surgery because what the hell is the difference if he's not playing and he's just on LTIR? You let him have it. He comes back and he's healthy for three weeks, Mike. And he, you know, he's you know, he comes out of the gate and he gets three goals and five assists in six games. The price of poker then just went through the roof. Yeah, that's the thing you can tell him. He's literally only got to play maybe eight to ten games for the Buffalo Sabers and show he's okay, they'll get him out of here because there'll be no shortage of offers at that point, and they'll move him. I think that's what they're going to tell him. Hey, we moved Ristolainen. We put him. In, we got him to Philadelphia. We moved Sam Reinhart. We sent him to Florida. They did well by both of those players. Both of those players moved to much, much better franchises. Sam Reinhart, in fact, has a legitimate Stanley Cup chance this year and signed a three-year deal with the Florida Panthers. They'll... They'll do right by Jack Eichel. They won't send him to Boston. Enough of that garbage. But they'll do right by Jack Eichel. They'll get plenty of teams interested, and that's what they'll do. But they can't do it if he isn't on the ice play. The other thing here, Mike, in relation to Krebs, and if it's another player, a superstar player that, that, that we were talking about trading, I wouldn't mind giving up defensive players or defensive depth because there's defensive depth here. There's no offensive depth here. If if you give up, that's great. If you want to do that, the other team may not want that. Well, then I'm not doing the deal. Fine, because turn the page. And if I give up too many forwards, I don't have people to replace them here. But the the point remains, and Mike, Mike, let Mike Harrington say this because I've been saying this. Mike, you sat there. I watch every game they play. You're sitting there watching him play. All right, and yes, if 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 is the the key. But if healthy, the Sabers, two historically horrific teams for long stretches of both of those years, were the number one power play in the league because of who? Must be Eichel, right? Jack Eichel. You know, let's be honest here. Jack Eichel would be the best forward on the Vegas Golden Knights right now, or many other teams, bar none. He'd be the best forward on the TV, better than Carlson, better than Pacioretty, better than Riley Smith, better than Stone. I'm talking as an offensive player. Stone, of course, is an elite two-way forward. Jack Eichel would be the best guy on their roster if they got him and he was home. All right, we did that. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen, Mike. So I'm intrigued. The Golden Knights uh, prospects, they played tonight against Arizona. You're going to be sitting front and center watching a, a prospects game tonight. Uh, who are some of the kids coming into Buffalo, some of the young prospects? Uh, you know, Before I ask you that, specifically who you want to watch, I think this has been a really smart move by the league. And if I'm not mistaken... Uh, were those those rookie games, those little gatherings, did, did they not start in Buffalo and with, with the, the Devils and the Penguins? But I think all these organizations now do this for their rookies before, right before training camp. I think it's a brilliant move, and it's very beneficial. Well, it actually started in Traverse City, Michigan with the Detroit Red Wings tournament. There you go. And they had, they had six or eight teams, and the Sabres went there for three or four years. The Sabres now have their Harbor Center facility they built in 2014, and they were actually the second team to start one. They started one with the Penguins, with the Devils and Bruins. Now, Pittsburgh's not here this year, but now several teams are running these tournaments. The one Vegas is in against Arizona. There's one in Florida. There's one in Nashville. But, yeah, it gives these players some exposure. It allows game conditions. It allows them to sell some tickets, have some fans in the building. It'll be, you know, it's in their practice facility tonight. There'll be a 1,000 people there paying 10 bucks a head. And you're going to see first-round picks. Buffalo drafted Jack Quinn, a 50-goal scorer in the Ontario Hockey League last year, 2020, 
He, he got to Rochester last year. You're going to see him tonight. And the more intriguing thing to me is J.J. Paterka, a German they traded up for for number 34 last year, never got to Buffalo because of the pandemic. There was no development camp in the summer. There were no rookie games, no prospect games. So we never saw him last year. He hasn't been in Buffalo until this week. So this is our first chance to see him in a game, and that's what you want to see. And then there are things that impact this year's team. The Buffalo Sabres are really thin in goal. Uka Pekalukin in the thin is their big goalie prospect. He got to the NHL last year, hurt his ankle. The season ended prematurely. A lot of people think he needs to be in the NHL right away this year with Craig Anderson, who they acquired. And that's something to watch tonight. How does Lukanen look in goal? So, yes, these are prospect games. These are rookies. A lot of them are free agents. But there are real players to watch here to see how they could impact the NHL team this year. And that, for a team like the Buffalo Sabres, makes them pretty important. I will be watching the the Golden Knights thing tonight. But before that, I will be watching, uh, I believe it will be streamed, the Sabres thing. And I'm telling you, Mike, two, and a, two years ago, two and a half years ago, I, you know, and many good buddies of mine, you know that we talk about the Sabres with all the time. And I'm telling this Olofsson kid is ready. He is ready, and they cooked him. They kept cooking him in the AHL. I, I believe Paterka could have even a bigger career potentially than what Quinn has. The Paterka kid, to me, Adams has drawn a line in the sand. He's not. He's a young GM, and he's not letting anybody step on his neck yet. To his credit, so far, I think the Paterka move. He's going to get real high marks for that. I think the kid has a real chance to make the team this year unless philosophically they just say to themselves, no, no way, no matter what, we're not doing it. That kid's special. He's been the best player we've seen in practice the first two days, absolutely. Um, He needs to push to make the team. He needs to really force their hand. I think they'd like to start him in Rochester, but I'll say this, Brian, they are open. They are open to Paterka making the club. They are open to Lucan and making the club. They are open to Quinn making the club. They have spots available. They have veterans here, but they have spots available. If someone really wants to make an impression in camp and elevate themselves and accelerate the process, they'll do it. And you're right. I think the one thing the Sabres have done under Kevin Adams is they've drafted pretty well. You look at the draft experts who really follow this stuff closely have said a lot of good things about the two drafts Kevin Adams has been involved with so far. And I think the big one is Jack Quinn last year. A lot of people wanted them to draft Marco Rossi, the center who ended up getting taken by Minnesota. Quinn was on his team in Ottawa. So that'll be something to watch going forward. But the Sabres have been drafting well. They have a lot of good young players. They need more NHL depth. They need better goaltending. And they need to figure out what's going to happen to Jack Eichel. They should not have been 31st last year. They should not be 32nd this year. It might be. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, please, know, not, the, this, not the Shane Wright ping-pong balls again, please. No. But but having said this, people forget, after the first six games, Don Granado didn't win. The last 21 games of last year, the Buffalo Sabres were 17th in the NHL. They weren't 31st. They were 17th. And people kind of forgot that point. They finished the year 9-11-1. So, to me, they're not a playoff team, but they're not. Everyone yeah, talking about well, they're automatically bad. They're no, not automatically no, they're not the dorm. No, no, they got to no. get they got to get goaltending. Hey, but the one thing I will say, last thing on the Sabers, and then I'm going to ask you a general question. And let you get going. You got a game to go to. I will say this though, I have no life. I watched every shift. Uh, I watched the World Juniors. I watched every German game. 
because I wanted to see this Paterka kid a couple years ago. And everybody's fawning over Stutzla and Stutzla this and Stutzla that. And I'm watching on TSN because obviously the kid's an Ottawa guy. And he was a stud in that tournament. And I got news for you, Paterka was better. And Paterka set him up for half of what he did in that tournament. Um, Know that name. That kid is going to be something. The big body, long arms, long reach, great hands. I mean, I'm not blown away too much by prospect practices in September. It's been pretty impressive to watch. All right. Hey, I saw you were all excited. The draft is going to be in Montreal, so we're slowly but surely finding ways to get back to normal. That's the good thing. Do you want to rent, vent, rant, whatever? Uh, okay, the Olympics, I'm all in on going to the Olympics, always. This time around, not so much. And you did the Sabres actually get the worst of this of any team in the league? You wrote they do not have a home game from the end of January until March? January 22nd to March 4th. They have a road trip at the beginning before the break, which ends in Vegas, and they have a road trip after. And that's not good for any market in any city. I don't care if your team is supposed to be great or supposed to stink. And that's why I don't like the Olympics. You shut down the season for three weeks right when football is ending. No games in any NHL market. Now you're in China. The games are going to be on TV at 6 in the morning, 10 o'clock at night. And let me tell you, Brian, owners hate this thing for the most part. GMs don't like it. If the owners and Gary Bettman loved the Olympics so much, there wouldn't have been all this negotiation, all this delay. They would have been on the first train car at the head of the road to get to Beijing. And this went on for months and months. They just got it settled because they knew they had to do it because the players wanted it, and they kind of agreed in the CBA extension, all right, we'll do our best. The NHL head office and ownerships of teams hate the Olympics, and they're right. Yeah, Foley said it more than once. I mean, they're worried about guys getting injured. This now, I'm going to go on a completely different area here. For me, I I can't do this Olympics because of who's hosting it, and what and what has happened here recently in the world. And you're not sure. alone. You're not alone. You're not alone with that thought at all either. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, if it was South Korea, that's why." Four years ago, but the China thing is is real in the eyes of a lot of people. And you know, then you've got the COVID situation, which could change things, and they could pull out of it. Um, but there's a lot of layers to this one, and I get it when you're in Vancouver. Uh, you're in Salt Lake City like they've been, and you can have primetime games. I really get it. I just don't see any reason to be going to China right now in the middle of a pandemic in 2022. But they're going to do it. But I just think, you know, the players wanted it, and I get that. The players should have I get the players that wanted to. I, I get that they want to represent their country. If I, if I could play at that yeah. level, I'd want to represent my country. I just I would hope that they would see the bigger picture, but – they're probably oh, not hey, one other thing, Michael, to ask you if I could. The Raiders said you need to be vaccinated to go to a football game. The Golden Knights to this moment have said uh, that's not the case. Buffalo was going to do it. Then they weren't going to do it. They play a football game, and now the Bills and the Sabres are saying you need the vaccination deal uh, to be able to go to the games. What has been the pushback, the feedback, or or people, you know, throwing confetti in the air? What's what's been the pushback on that? So some some people are obviously upset by it, but I think there's far more people. You know, the people upset by it are the ones who make a loud noise and get all the attention on social media that shouldn't really get an audience. 
the loud noise here, the more people are happy about the fact that they'll know the entire crowd is vaccinated and they're now more likely to attend because they're not going to be attending an event with a bunch of unvaccinated people who are infectious. So I, I think you had to do it for the Sabres, an indoor arena. Outdoor stadiums might be a little different, but I think the Bills stadium is old. It's cramped. There were a lot of pictures on social media. People mobbed together in the concourses, unmasked. You don't know who's vaccinated, who isn't. I think it's the right call. I think more teams should do it. And, you know, all the unvaccinated people making, oh, it's not your right to go to a game. Mm -hmm. It's a private business. Your ticket's a license. You have to follow the rules. You can't smoke in an arena. You can't consume alcohol underage. You can't fight in the stands. So if they're adding another rule, you have to have a COVID-19 vaccine. They can do it. Sorry. Hey, and finally, the Golden Knights, and nothing's been open to the public yet. It, you know, I always, you know, with pride, what a great hockey market Buffalo is. Every year, the Stanley Cup finalists and then Buffalo's the third highest rated market TV-wise in the country. I got news for you. Vegas kind of crashing into that list. They're practicing a city national arena, and because of what we've gone through, that's one of the things that I think this team's missed in terms from a fun aspect. They're missing the five, four or five hundred fans might to go to watch a practice, which is insanity. You know, chanting yeah. "Go Knights, go!" and they're going around pylons. But Buffalo, you do this rookie thing in the past. That thing's like overflow, right? I mean, five thousand people sold out. Uh, it's about it, it's about two thousand. You fill the place, okay? You know, in the in the practice facility. But yeah, it's been cool. I don't expect that tonight, but I certainly expect eight hundred to a thousand people at least to show up. And I mean, that's. Uh, you know, something you can market your NHL team over. Come see the prospect game for 10 bucks. And, oh, I saw that guy in September. That's how you build fan base. You bring your little kids and they get close up to see the game. So, yeah, I think that's uh, something these NHL teams have hit on the last 10 years or so, adding these prospect games before the preseason. Well, and the preseason tends to be a bit of a ripoff. But tickets are cheap and they do have to play some players. It's not like an NFL game where they don't play anybody. So, yeah, uh, it's just it's hockey, it's exposure. I like it, and you know, in a city in a franchise like Buffalo, they're important. There's a lot of questions to be asked and answered about these games. Hey, listen, Stevie is usually the guy that kisses up to, well, the, I, to the point of a nauseum. I'll kiss up to, or my... no, to our guests, but I'll do it this time. I just, I'm happy you're a friend and thrilled you do this. He, Steve, uh, Mike, he raves about you. He, I mean, the inside the NHL column, even you know, it's coming out of Buffalo. It's got stuff on Buffalo. The insight and the stuff you've got around the league, Mike is one of he's one of your favorite writers. No, too. absolutely you're, you're no. So my constantly fa- drooling my father about was a journalist. I know journalism. My, I'm telling you, I'm and I'm old. This is one of the best writers that I have come across in my lifetime. Wow, hey, my agent. Thank, my agent. Yeah. Thanks, my agent. Thanks you for that. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> the Mike Harrington Chronicles. It's a book coming to Stevie's living room. All right. Okay. You go watch a hockey game. Hang in there. 82 games. So hey, we'll get the. Honestly, am I uh, am I not mistaken? I think we will see you. I think the Sabers are here the last game before the All Star break. I believe. Right. I think I don't think I'm making that trip. I think I'm going to be there for the All Star. I think I'm going to make there for the All Star game. Well, okay, we'll get to see it somewhere. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, th- Mike, thank you for doing this. It's a kind of a game day. Appreciate you doing. It. It's always a treat, and I hope you have a wonderful season, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Brian, Stevie, always fun. Take care. Thanks At by M Harrington on Twitter is a great follow. And uh, the Buffalo News, which you can get online, uh, his articles are in there as well. So. 
the kid dealio tonight, I, I you know, I'm not sitting there salivating about anything. I just want to kind of watch. I yeah. want to see who kind of grabs the reins here a little bit. I mean, we know Krebs is good. Right. Right? But Krebs should, put it this way, Krebs should be noticeable in this game. That's what you. That's what you're expecting from this kid is to right. be, hey, oh, look, you can see it. Boy, he's noticeable. I don't. He doesn't need to score two goals, you know, or have a goal and two assists. He just needs to be noticeable and impactful against guys that he, we believe, is a notch above. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Well. So I mean, don't, don't go out there, no floating around, and yeah, I'm better than he's. I'm be noticeable. He. I don't think he'll do that though. And and Derek England talked about this when, uh, when he was a black ace in the bubble. Uh, Krebs, mm-hmm. he really stood out to England. And remember, England uh, was a uh, teammate of Sidney Crosby, whose work ethic is unfrickin' believable. Right. And and England compared Krebs to Crosby. So if he's anywhere near that, we don't. We really don't have to worry about Krebs in that regard. And he did stand out. Again, if you disagree with me, you disagree with me, Brian. I thought he stood out in the World Juniors. Uh, no, I watched. No, he, I'm telling you, in my estimation, because Doc got hurt, Right. the three best players, because I watched all that, mm-hmm. the three players I was most excited to see coming on the Canada side, honest to God, were Cousins, Krebs, and Korzak. Yeah. The, and, and no, and, and, well, actually, wait a minute. Korzak was the pleasant surprise. The kid that was eye popping was the Bowen kid. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. Cousins, Bowen, and Krebs were the three best, and Korzak was like, "Whoa, look at this kid!" Yeah, and 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 the goaltender who's property of the of, of Montreal, right? Did would, uh, is it Zivon? I'm close, something like that. Uh, that the, the the goaltender. Um, um, yeah, no, he, the kid. The kid's a prospect. He, he's the. I think he ended up with the Sabers. Or did he? Yeah, he's the. He was in the. He was in the Reinhardt deal. What's his name? I just turned the computer. No, Devin Knight or not Spencer Knight? Devin something. Yes, Devin, Devin Levy. Le- Levi. Yeah, correct. He's a Saber. He was. He, he's a Saber. Reinhardt got traded to Florida. Okay. For Devin Levy and a first round pick. Okay. Huh? Well, yeah. No, he's he's a Saber. Yeah, I, I think he got something there. So. Uh, so Krebs, I, I think I know what I'm going to get from Look at me channeling Krebs. my inner Mike Lewis well on the prospect front. I, I, I think I know what I'm going to get from him. I'm not so interested in him. I want you know I want to make sure he does what I think he'll do. But I, I'm more interested in like a, a Dugan. I'm, I'm more interested in the forwards first of all because I, I think the depth there is wanting more so than in the back end. The the point is you want someone. You want them all to play well, do the yeah, right thing. Sure. But you want someone to just jump off the sheet and you go, okay, whoa. And then you want to, that's them getting a running start to really put themselves in front of the organization. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look at me. Right. That's, because, I mean, this is what this is all about. No, exactly right. And, and again, for me, especially at the forward position, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the depth there. The, the depth in, in, the, in the back end uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, I'm not so worried about. There, there are some players there that, you know, if a guy got nicked up this year uh, with the Golden Knights, 
uh, defensively, I, I feel confident in a, in a guy being able to come up from Henderson and, and, and fill that spot. Well, Not so much in the forwards. Well, the other one, you get a look at this Dean kid. Right. I've, right? I've, I've heard about him, too. But, yes. But the crazy point is, because of the pandemic, a lot of these guys, was a great point yesterday. Uh, Chris Wynn was with us, mm-hmm. with Dave Shane. One of these guys, they just met the other day. Correct. You know, they're doing Zoom interviews with these guys. Correct. They're just getting their meat hooks on them now. Yeah, yeah. And, and for that reason, I would be careful. If they don't look so good, I think you got to give them a little room there. Because they weren't able to play last year like they normally would. They, they, they were working out and, and, and whatever, but, you know, playing together, that's different. Oh, no, I agree with that. I don't think you form – You that's nice. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Let's see where it goes from here. I don't think you overly form decisions one way or the other. I think – there really is kind of a learning curve for who they are, what the organization's about. And again, a lot of these guys played a mid full of games last year. Their yeah. development has not been normal. It, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them didn't play at all games. What, 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 at that level, what, what, what leagues were available to them? Hey, it was a treat for me. That it was Mike Harrington yelling at you, not me. So I just... <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I, it's it's not that I don't want to give up Krebs for a good guy. It's that the guy is, is injured. And that's, that, that's reasonable. All right. Great stuff. Follow him on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Great fun week, Stevie. Thank you for everything. It's a treat to do this with you. Thank you for listening. I hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful weekend.